Welcome to Do It For The Process, a podcast for artists, creatives, and those who are creatively curious. This podcast explores the intersection between art and business, and we may just discover that they're not actually that different. I'm your host, Emily Jeffords. I'm an artist, mother, educator, and founder of the hashtag Do It For The Process. I know firsthand the joys and the struggles that come from being a working creative, and I'm here to shed some light and hope on your path. You are not alone in this. Hello, hello. This podcast is coming to you from a very unique location. I'm sitting in my living room, which to be fair, I do that frequently. That's not so unique for me, but it is for the podcast for sure. I don't record my living room normally. The ceilings are too high. The echo is too great. All the things. It's also full of windows and I live in the South. There are a lot of crickets and a lot of bug sounds outside. So if you hear the chirping of nature, it's not a soothing sound machine. It is my reality and it's not always quite as soothing as you might imagine. There's also a rabbit hopping around my feet. Um, She is our pet bunny, Max. She is adorable. She she might resemble the sound of mice or a rat, so I don't want you to be alarmed. Nothing weird or gross is happening over here. It's just Max being, well, her dumb self, but that's okay. We love her anyways. But the reason that I'm sitting in the living room, the reason that I'm that I'm doing this podcast in a strange location is I'm painting right now. At this very moment, I'm painting a, a landscape because I have the urge and the deep desire to paint tonight, which is very abnormal for me. I don't paint in oils at night. The light's all wrong, the colors aren't quite right, the the fake light that's shining all around me right now is not ideal for composition and colored tones and all of the nerdy things I as an artist have to be very in tune with. They're all a little bit off at night. But my urge to paint was too strong. I have to say yes. So here we are. I'm doing two things at once, podcast and painting. One of them is probably going to go quite awry. And I I hope that doesn't happen, but I kind of suspect either the painting will look terrible in the morning when I see it in proper lighting, or this podcast will never hear the light of day. We'll see which one comes to be. Okay, let's get into our topic for today. Before we do so, I would love to tell you about The Collective. I talked about it last week. I'll be talking about it again. I am very excited about it. The Collective is a membership for creatives and artists in particular. Inside of the membership, we're going to talk about all things creative entrepreneurship, creative business, marketing, sustaining your creativity, coming up with fresh ideas, avoiding burnout, how to survive the holiday season, how to set realistic and attainable aspirations and goals, how to tackle your biggest challenges, which is normally yourself. Am I right about that? I'm right about that. I know because I experience it daily. Inside of the membership, there's going to be content that is educational. We will talk about a particular topic. I will teach on it. There might be worksheets or Um, different resources for you to delve into as needed. There will be applications, both creatively and in your business. So some way to bring the topic that we talked about and really apply it to your own business. That way you don't just listen and then absorb, but you actually like 
implement, right? Like you make it happen for you. That's where the magic happens. Listening to me all day long, you know it's fun. You know you love this. But really the magic comes when you when you make it yours, when you turn something into your own magic, into your own your own power and amazing transformation. And then the third item that we'll be doing each month is behind the scenes. And that is where I get to take you inside of my business and show you what I'm implementing, what I'm changing, what I'm evolving, the things that I either am learning or have learned. So I'm excited about this because I get to pull back the curtain in a safe space amongst people that I trust, who trust me. Um, I'm excited about that community and that transparency. And I think in doing so, I'm going to do two things. Number one, I hope that I demystify and inspire you. My business is very successful. It's very, my studio is a, a pretty happening place. We, we mail a lot of art. I have two people working for me. It is a beautiful and exciting place to be most days. Um, and I'm excited to bring you into that. The other thing that I'll be doing is selfish. I will admit that 100% from the top. I know because I've been doing this for a while that as I teach, as I open myself up to publicly working on my business, publicly sharing the things that I'm learning, I get better at them. I become more refined and more careful and more thoughtful and more intentional because anytime you pull back the curtain and look at something from with fresh eyes, you see it in such a new way, in such a beautiful way. So I'm excited to do that for my sake, for your sakes, for all of our sakes, for our community's sake, for our industry's sake. It's going to be a really good thing for all of us. So that's lovely. The fourth thing that we'll be doing each month is a live Q and A. So I don't want to just talk to you and then not have a place where we can talk together. So we'll have a live Q and A discussion every month. It'll probably be about two hours knowing my way of, um, you know, I, I love these things. I've done these with my courses, with people that I've mentored, with my mastermind. They tend to go a little bit long, but they're always rich and helpful and, and, I pour a lot of thought into the questions beforehand, and if they're asked live, I do my very best to think on my feet and to give you the best answer that's gonna help you with your particular business, your particular needs and desires. So I'm so excited about that. All right, so those are the, those are the, the components. In addition to all that, we're having a private Facebook group where we can share our unique communities, you know, concerns and thoughts and, and aspirations and wins, and we can help support each other through launches and through product, you know, development and all the things that we as creative entrepreneurs and artists go through. We can do it together. That's incredible. Um, my friend Marisa of Creative Thursdays recently said something on her podcast that I just loved. I loved it so much. It made me, it gave me chills. She said with the, I'm going to misquote her, please, Marisa, this is, I'm going to just paraphrase. Okay. She said with the evolving and quick pace of the business world and the marketing world, not to mention the entrepreneurial world and just consumers in general, you cannot do this alone. And I firmly agree with her. That's been my experience. I've had a community ever since, um, I would say year two. And, and year one's profit margins show that I did not have community. 
But beginning in year two and certainly in year three, I've been surrounded with a community that understands my industry and my needs and why why I do what I do and can support me through different, you know, weird tech questions or marketing questions or product development questions or art critiques or so many different ways that we can help each other. So I, I'm a big believer in community. I think it is literally make or break for your creative business. Every successful creative person that I know, that's a peer of mine or a friend of mine, I know they have creative community. None of us do this alone. None of us get to where we are by being complete solo entrepreneurs. That's just not really possible these days. So that's the collective in a nutshell. If you'd like to learn more, go to emilyjeffordslearn.com forward slash collective and enrollment for the collective will open August 20th through the end of the month, August 31st. Okay. With that, I'm going to continue painting. I kind of paused there for a bit and we're going to dive into our topic, which I'm very excited to talk about today because it's something that I have evolved to love with all of my heart. We are going to talk about how to be seen as the expert, even when you know, deep down, you might not be. And again, as always, I'm speaking from experience because this has been my MO for the past 10 years. You guys, I have taught thousands of creative entrepreneurs. I have led a mastermind. I have mentored people that you know, that I'm, that I'm very, I admire their careers so much. They came to me for mentorship early on when we were both total newbies. And I still feel like I'm not an expert. I have so much to learn. I have so many areas to improve upon and to evolve in. And that's the exciting part to me. I love that about my business. I love that there's constantly space to improve, constantly space to, to grow. That's, that's the fun in my opinion. And yet when I look at my business, with the mindset of someone that needs to grow, needs to evolve so, so much, it can be very tempting to say that I'm not the expert, that I can't teach you. I have so much I, I need to learn myself. I have so many areas in which I need, I need more improvement. If you can relate to that, which I'm probably going to guess that you can because well, this is pretty typical for creatives. This is very typical for women in general. Sadly, there's studies on this about how women like to know that they are the expert before they step into that role themselves. Um, but it's also very typical for creatives, whether you are a man or woman doesn't really matter. Um, and that's kind of a gender stereotype anyways, which I don't, I don't love those, but whatever, take it for what you will. I want to talk about how you can get over that. If you are feeling that because being seen as the expert, is one of the very best ways to, to grow your business, to progress your brand, to set yourself up for great success because you inspire so much trust in your audience and in your collectors and into your buyers and your students and all the people that follow you and know who you are. They want to know that you're the expert. They want to trust you. They want to follow you and buy from you and listen to you because what you say and do and produce and offer is worth the attention, right? Like that makes total sense. So one of the very best ways to grow your business, to grow your audience, to grow your, your bottom line, to grow your, your own confidence in your abilities 
is to settle into some form of expertise. Now, if you feel like this is totally miles away, if you're on, let's say you're in week two of your creative entrepreneurship, you know what? You don't need to be the expert in everything. Do you know what you are though? You're the expert on your journey. You're the expert who is showing up every single day. If you're in week two, that's 14 days longer than most people get to show up. That's 14 days longer than most people are ever creative entrepreneurs. So congratulations, you're already an expert. You're already further along than many people ever get. Let's say you are, you're beyond that two week mark. Maybe you're in the two year mark or maybe in the three year or five year mark but you still feel like perhaps you're not quite the expert in, you know, whatever it may be. What I recommend is think through your skills, think through your unique abilities, think through the things that you are so naturally good at that you may not even see them as abilities. You might not even see them as skills. They might just be things that you, that you just do so, so well. For instance, if you are a, f a painter of flowers, you might not even know that your ability to paint a, a daisy or a chrysanthemum or wait, did I say that right? Chrysanthemum, Cri whatever, you know what I mean? A beautiful flower, a beautiful flower. Um, that's, that's an actual skill and one that many, many people do not have and would like to learn or would like to just know that you're the best at painting chrysanthemums. Oh yeah, I said it right. That's amazing. Okay, cool. So get really familiar with your skills. Do not be humble. Do not be, do not be shy in your own mind. You don't have to be prideful or boast or make yourself out to be the, the king of all everything. We're not after an ego trip here. We're after honesty. What do you honestly have excellence in? Where, where in your business or in your creative practice, do you find a lot of ease? Do you have very little resistance in those areas? You're the expert. And sharing that expertise, whether it's sharing your beautiful work, whether it's um, offering guidance to others, whether it is just putting your wisdom out into the world frequently, that's an act of generosity. That is not an act of bragging or of begging for attention. No, no, no. That's you sharing generously the things that you are good at. That's beautiful. So my next tip is to choose a niche. Now, if you find yourself gravitating towards a niche that feels very broad, for instance, let's take one of my favorite people, Seth Godin. Seth Godin has chosen the niche of marketing. No subcategories, no individual markets. No, no, no. He has chosen to be the expert on marketing in all ways for all people forever and ever and ever. And you know what? He's that good. He can say that he is the king of marketing 100%. If you don't have his book, please go buy it. If you're an entrepreneur, it's my favorite. Okay. He has not paid me. He doesn't know who I am. This is not an ad. This is just me talking about someone who does something very well within a giant niche. I mean, is that even a niche marketing? It's just like, I mean, that's just like bread and butter to every business. I don't think that's even a niche. What I would advise for you is maybe you don't choose marketing. Maybe you don't choose something that broad. Maybe you choose something much more narrow, much more 
for one, easier to wrap your mind around, easy to wrap your expertise around, to really get granular about what you know about something and how you can make it apply to you and to your audience and to your collectors and your, your audience base. But two, it's really easy to make a firm, um, what's what I'm looking for, to make an impact within a smaller niche. It's much, much harder to make an impact within a giant niche such as marketing. Now, I use marketing as an example because one of my, one of my niches, things that I think I am pretty good at, is marketing but not marketing for all people, not marketing in all ways, not marketing for all industries. I think I'm pretty good at marketing for creative entrepreneurs and particularly for artists because that's what I have studied. That's what I have practiced quite a lot with my own work and it's worked out quite well for me. So I do find that to be comfortable to say, even though that's still a rather large niche, there's a lot of you know, there's a lot of people that, that need that skill or that need that expertise. And I'm getting comfortable saying that I have it. Whether or not my style is right for them, that's for them to decide, totally fine. But I, I am getting comfortable saying that my one of my niches is marketing for creative businesses and particularly for artists. And I could go even one step further. I would say for artists that create work to sell to their own buyers. So not necessarily for licensing or for um, illustration or for you know working with publishers, although I can totally help in those areas. I would say my, my true expertise, the place that I find the most comfort and ease is helping creative entrepreneurs sell their products to consumers. And I think that's, that's something that I find a lot of joy in. So get really specific. Find places in your business, and it could be literally as narrow as I am the expert at mixing red and yellow into the perfect shade of orange, and I can show you how to do it. I've done it on all my paintings. They're all perfect. There's a lady in my mastermind that paints beautiful linear op art paintings. She is the expert on painting very straight-lined artwork with crazy beautiful colors. Um, Gina Julian is her name. I recommend you look her up. Her work is beautiful, but that's kind of the thing that, um, that I mean, like find something that you are really good at that naturally comes easily to you and then own it. Just own it so boldly, do it so consistently, set your, your name in that pile. This is not a metaphor. What? <laughs> I need to stop. Okay. Um, you know what I mean? Really just stake your, your space in the ground. I am going to be, I'm in a mess with these metaphors right now. That's okay. You know, you know what I'm trying to say? Um, just be boldly, beautifully you. There we go. I can say it that way. Places that you might find expertise. I'm just going to throw out some ideas in case you might still feel like you need more examples. You need some permission to be an expert in something. Maybe you are the expert at editing photos in Lightroom. Maybe you, well, within your aesthetic, I'll be, I'll even put that caveat on there. Maybe you're the expert at creating Etsy shop listings because you have done so really well. You've listed a hundred things. They've all been successful within Etsy. That's amazing. That's an expertise for sure. Maybe you're the expert at painting mugs. Maybe you're the expert at styling things for Instagram. Now, when I say you're the expert, I don't mean that you are the best on earth. 
No, no, no. You don't need to be the best on earth. That's not even, no, no one's trying to compete in that way. When I say that you're the expert, what I really mean is you are confident enough to show up in this way and people respect you for it. That's all that means. It doesn't mean that you get a Nobel prize or that you are going to be awarded a doctorate from Harvard because of your amazing photo editing skills. No, we're not. That's not a thing. And that's not the goal. The goal is to love what you do, to do it super, super well, to find areas that you find joy excelling in and then attracting people that love and appreciate that excellence. That's all we're trying to do here. And when people love and appreciate your excellence, they buy into it. They collect your work. They enjoy you. They want to listen to what you have to say. They want to see your images. They want to check out your Etsy listings. So get, get really broad with the things that you can be an expert in. I recently got a package in the mail from PF Candle Co. Beautiful candles, beautiful incense. I, I go through a lot of incense, so I bought, I bought some incense. I would say that their brand is as expertise as their candles. What I mean by that is their candles are great, sure. I love candles, I love incense, that's wonderful. I can get beautiful candles and incense in every single shop I go in. You know this, candles and incense, maybe not incense, but candles are so prevalent. So why do I order them online and wait a week for them to show up? Why do I do that when I can just walk maybe well, I live in the country, but you know, it's not hard to go buy a candle. That's very, very easy to do. And yet they have made their brand so excellent. So I want to use the word expert, but it's not an adjective. You know what I mean? Let's turn it into one. They've, they've made their brand such an, a beautiful experience that I would say that they're an expert at their brand. Not all brands, not branding in general, not all, you know, all aesthetics, but theirs, it's good. And I buy into it because it's so good. It's so clear. It's so beautiful. They've really established their vision and what they stand for. And they're the expert in what they stand for in their vision and in their brand. So yeah, I'm there for that 100%. That is beautiful. So get really specific, get really clear, make it very simple for yourself. I hinted at this a little bit before, but if you are struggling to call yourself an expert at something and, and it's not just your, um, your ego getting in the way because our egos also do that. They, they hold us back in a lot of ways, including false modesty. We're not into that. If you do think it's false modesty, try, try your best to overcome that because that does not help anybody out, especially um, you, especially people that need to learn from you or need to experience what you have to offer. But if you, if you find ease in something, for instance, I find ease in painting landscapes, not that they're always easy, not that they always flow effortlessly from my paintbrush because they do not. I'm working on one right now and it is it's looking pretty messy guys. I'll just be honest. Um, <laughs> I'm doing the underpainting. So there's not a lot at stake right now, but still it's, uh, it's looking rough, which is fine. Um, but if you find ease in something, you're probably on your way to being an expert. If you're not already an expert in that thing. So, so listen for things that give you comfort, listen for things within your heart and mind 
that feel really easy, that feel really effortless. And they're not, um, they're not of no value because they're easy. They're actually probably of great value. You're just really good at them and that's beautiful and that's amazing. So find ways that you can set yourself up as the, as the expert in spaces that are also effortless for you. Not for me, not for everyone else, but for you. There's no need to stress your energy by amassing knowledge that doesn't come naturally to you just so that you can be the expert in something. What I mean by that is if I were to say, Hey, Seth Godin's great at marketing, but guess what? I am also great at marketing, just like Seth Godin. In order for me to say that I would have to amass so much knowledge and so much cross industry information that I do not want to have to do. That would be such a waste of my energy right now. No, I'm, I'm not into that. So definitely don't, don't go make more work for yourself. That is not the goal here. The goal is to find ways in which you are currently the expert in something. And, and I, I guarantee that you are the expert in something right now. It might not be very marketable. It might be that you're the expert at watching Game of Thrones or of procrastinating or of taking all day to write an email, <laughs> but you are the expert in something. So own it, It's it, unless it's Game of Thrones. That's probably not a good thing to be the expert in. Um, you can decide about that though. Own the places in which you do find ease of being the expert. And I think I've, I've hinted at this before, but the benefits of being the expert are so vast and so literally transformational in your business. When you can be the expert in something and it can be small, it can be, it can be not too showy. It can be something very simple, very niche, very narrow. But when you are the expert in that you inspire so much trust and so much confidence within your community that you will see your business grow from it. You will see not only more followers, not only more eyes on your work, that's great, but you'll see actual purchases, actual signups, actual conversion in whatever way you want to see that conversion because you are the expert and you are worth trusting, which is so amazing. Okay. So how do you actually inspire that kind of expertise? Speak about your expertise very naturally, and so frequently, so, so frequently, if your expertise is something also visual, you don't have to speak about it all the time. You can just show it. For instance, like I said, I'm the, I am an expert in landscape painting in my style, in my Emily Jeffords way, no one else's way. I'm not trying to be the landscape painter of the world. I am just me and I'm the expert in that. So because of that, I can just show my process and that reiterates my expertise as often as I show it. If I were to show it once a day, that means that for that day, I have established myself as the expert the next day again. Cool. The more often you do that, the more it really resonates, the more it really sinks in. So now I happen to know that when someone wants a landscape painting, they think of me, they think of my work, which is amazing and such an honor and such a privilege but also something that I have told them to do. Did you catch that last part? I literally told them to think of me. That's not something that I was gifted by the gods. No, no, no. They think of me because I show up so often as a painter that I am now the expert in my style. 
and people come to me because they think of me first, which is beautiful and such an honor, but also totally, totally something that I have planned for and encouraged heavily. So begin speaking about your work, begin showing your work frequently, at least, I would say at least once a week. That's not too much to ask. You don't need to brag. You don't need to be a know-it-all. You don't need to be showy or, or offensive or rude or off-putting. No, that's totally not what we want to do here. We want to be very attractive, not detracting. But speak about your thing as naturally as you can, as elegantly as you can, and as frequently as you can without being off-putting. Begin speaking about your skills in a generous and helpful way. Remember that you are not a preacher. You are not here to lord over people or brag. We, I'm sure that you've seen people that do this in their marketing and it's just not pleasant. You don't want to read it. You don't want to see it. You probably don't want to follow them. So you probably don't follow them. Don't be that person. You are here to offer beauty. You're here to offer generosity. You're here to offer goodness. You're here to guide people, whether it's into a purchase or into a class or into a workshop or through a process or through a mental block or through a photo editing technique. Whatever your thing might be, find ways that you can guide them from point A to point B or to point C or D or whatever your path might take you. You are the generous person who's saying, hey, I know how to do this thing. Do you want it in your home? Do you want it in your life? Do you want it on your wall? Do you want it to be part of your arsenal for your creative, you know, creative wisdom? If so, buy it here or come to my workshop or meet me in Barcelona for a painting retreat, hint, hint. <laughs> okay, that was a subtle plug, but you know what I mean. Um, yeah, so just show up beautifully, show up elegantly, show up as someone that feels so generous, so giving, and so wise in what they do. And like I said at the very, very beginning, you don't need to be in year 10 or year 15 or 20 to do this. You can be literally on day two and be this person. This is a beautiful um, maturity that comes to most of us over time, but I'm telling you this, so just go ahead and skip all the time and just be this person. Just be confident and, and passionate and generous with what you know, whether you know two days worth of wisdom or 20 years. It doesn't really matter. It's all in your attitude and in the way that you show up for people. If you want to kind of give yourself a crash course in expert and actually truly be the expert in a lot of areas, especially your main focus, I'm going to use something that I am currently pursuing myself. I am not the expert in this thing yet, but I hope to be very soon. Well, at least as much as, okay, that's myself not coming in. I was about to say as much as I can be because I know I'm not the expert, yada, yada, yada. See, I'm even working through this myself. Okay, I'm hoping to be my version of the expert in this thing very soon, and that is making paint out of pigment. I'm, I've been practicing this for about a year. I love this process. It's complex, it's beautiful, it feels great. I love the chemistry of it. I love the actual physicality of it. It makes my paintings mean a lot to me. They really, like, I've seen them from dust to completion, which is really beautiful for me to do. This is totally my thing. You don't need to be this person. You can create beautiful paintings without making your own paint. That's kind of extreme, but whatever. 
But because I want to be an expert in this, I want to pursue that, that confidence within myself, I am practicing and practicing and practicing. I'm putting in so many hours of actual experimentation and trial and a lot of error and also a lot of successes. And my next level, my next way to, to kind of scale up my own expertise is to teach. I'm planning on teaching this at my upcoming workshop in, in Spain. Um, I've taught it in the past, but very little, like just kind of a quick demonstration. I actually want to like bring all the supplies to Spain and have a part of, part of the painting workshop that I'll be leading. Part of it will be how to make your own paints because I have some beautiful pigments from Spain. I think that's very appropriate, very romantic and fun. And after I finish that demonstration, I'll listen to the feedback that I get from my audience. I'll listen to, you know, what are their questions? Where do they get, where do they stumble? Where do they get tripped up? After I do that process with them, I would love to teach this online, have like an online class. So what I'm trying to say to you is one of the best ways to really become an expert in something is to teach it. Another example of this is I'll go back to high school with you. I am notoriously a very bad speller. I have never had the skill of spelling. It is something that I've always envied in others, but I do not have it myself at all. And I was so bad when I was in high school that my wonderful English teacher gave me the assignment, which I, I didn't know at, back then, but I do know now in hindsight. She gave me the assignment of teaching spelling to the elementary students in our little, we, I was homeschooled, so we had like a co-op by the way, the fact that I was homeschooled is not why I'm not good at spelling. That's just not, they're not related whatsoever because my peers were wonderful at spelling. We were in the exact same class. We were homeschooled, but in classes, it's confusing, whatever. Different topic. Um, she asked me to teach spelling to the elementary children, which I thought was an honor. I loved it. I love teaching. I love kids. That was a great fit for me. And in doing so, guess what happened? I am not as horrendous of a speller as I was back then. Now, if you took, if you've read anything that I've written, you might, you might laugh at that because there's still definitely a misspelling in there somewhere, unless it was totally autocorrected by my, my darling spell checker. Um, but that process of teaching something made me improve myself, made me improve my own abilities because I was, I was now being a generous teacher, which somehow unlocked my mind and it sunk in in a deeper and more meaningful way. So what I'd recommend is start teaching as soon as you feel comfortable doing so. Practice, you know, get your footing, make sure that you do feel comfortable with your subject matter, but don't wait too long. I think that if you feel moderately comfortable you're ready to teach because your students are going to be so generous and so gracious and they want to learn. They're so open to you that it's a great space for both you to express your thoughts in, in words. And a lot of times we have things stuck in our heads and our heads are so full of information and so full of knowledge, but that knowledge has no words. So getting it in word form in physical, you know, examples and demonstrations and ways of communicating with others that's so beneficial to your own ability, your own knowledge. And in fact, the reason that I can kind of say, no, I'm just going to say it. I'm going to be bold. The reason I can say that I am an expert in marketing for creative entrepreneurs and particularly for artists selling their own work 
is because I have taught that so often that I know the questions they're going to ask. I know what questions I have had. I know the things that I've experimented with and that I've loved or that I've not loved because I've gone through all of that with other people, listening to their questions, listening to their, their, you know, the pushback and their facial expressions and things that they stumble with and things that they get caught up in. I know all of that, both from my own mind and my own experiences, but also from my students and also having to put that information into written form or into spoken word or whatever it may be. So teach, it is a beautiful way to learn yourself. It's a beautiful way to be seen as the expert. Your audience will instantly say, oh my gosh, she's teaching that. She must know so much about this. This is amazing. Which you do. You totally do. You know so much about this. You can totally teach on pretty much any topic, to be honest with you, but particularly within your level of, or your area of expertise, you're going to be so good at this. If you feel a bit nervous, I would recommend that you mentor one person. That's a great way to begin. You can get their true feedback. You can get their questions. From there, go on to teach a small class, either an in-person workshop to five or six people. You can teach an online class to a few people. Then I would move on to teaching a one hour mini class or a master class, whatever you want to call it. And this can again be online or in person either way, but teach more people, try teaching 12 or 20 or 50, or if it's online, you can do a hundred people. That's amazing. Just kind of broaden it and make it bigger, make it, make it a little bit more, um, a little bit bolder. And as you get feedback and, and pushback and questions and, you know, people come back with you or come back at you with their own concerns and their own, you know, struggling points, you can adapt and you can learn and you can grow from that as well, which is one of the very best benefits of being a teacher is you get to think at things from all sides, from all angles. You can see the full, the full picture from both sides. I always think of a a picture is not the right word. You can see, it's like being able to see all the way around a marble or a globe or some sphere where when you're the student, you can only see one side, but when you're the teacher, you can see all the sides. You can see completely around it and you know where they're headed. You know where they're going to go, but they can't see that quite yet, but you can. And it's, it's so much fun. So in order to teach effectively, choose a topic that you feel really comfortable in. Um, my first, well, besides, besides spelling, which was, um, maybe not something that I should have been teaching. Thank goodness her curriculum was, was pretty much bulletproof. That was wonderful. Um, or should I say foolproof? Yeah, that's, that's a better word for it. Um, <laughs> I can laugh at myself. It's fine. Um, teach something that you find very comfortable. For instance, if you are, let's say you're a watercolor painter. I happen to know that there is a large market that is aching for a watercolor 101 class. Just basic, how do you mix the paints? How do you put them on paper? What is hot press paper? What is cold press paper? They don't know. They don't know these things. That's all they want to know. They just want to know the basics, the most, the most gentle entry point. And guess what? You are totally an expert on that. You can 100% teach that and you can teach it well. If you're going to be, if you're anything like me, your first workshop that you teach, especially in person, even online though, my voice was so shaky. I was so, 
I was so nervous and I'm not even sure why because I was teaching something that I felt so comfortable doing myself. But the act of putting words around those ideas made me maybe a little bit nervous. So one thing that I wish I had done first, I wish I had spoken out loud the things that I was going to be teaching. I wish I had just spoken out loud my instructions. That would have given me so much more confidence. So I highly recommend that you do that before you begin teaching. Um, when I taught my first online class to about 90 people, no big deal. Um, I did, I did a run through first. I actually spoke the entire content out loud to myself in my studio alone, like a crazy person. And in doing so made me so much more confident because I could hear myself. It's very weird to hear yourself speak instructions. If you're not familiar with doing that, all my teacher friends, you're going to be like, yep, we know we're good at this. We've got this. But if you're like me and this was unfamiliar waters to you, this was uncharted territory, then do this. It's a hundred percent worth the verbal exercise of just getting your instructions out of your head and into physical. Well, what's the word for words into words, get it into words. I'll just say that. We often don't know exactly how much we know until you start doing this process, until you start actually giving your ideas words. There is so much knowledge in your head. If you're on day two of your creative entrepreneurial journey, there is so much knowledge in your head. If you're on day 365, there is so much knowledge in your head. Just give it words. You're going to understand how much you've learned. You're going to appreciate your evolution. You're going to appreciate how much you have really accomplished in and of yourself. And you're going to be so generous by sharing that knowledge with others. I, I really recommend that you teach. Now, this does not need to be a workshop. It doesn't need to be a paid class. This could be you offering advice on Instagram stories or you sharing your experience in a blog post. You don't need to be a professional teacher or a mentor or a coach or anything like that. No, if that makes you feel uncomfortable, don't bother. But I do recommend teaching in some capacity. And if you want to think of it more as offering advice or guiding or sharing your experience, that is completely fine. Just make sure that you are being generous with what's in your head. You are an expert. What is an expert? An expert is a person who has comprehensive knowledge or skill in a particular area. Now it can be so particular as your area, your actual work or your actual ideas. That's totally fine. You're an expert in your thing. That's amazing. It can be a broader area. Like maybe you're an expert on watercolor painting. Maybe you're an expert on mixing paint. That's my aspiration. I will get there someday, but you are absolutely an expert in something. So own it, own it right now, wherever you are, whatever stage you are, however far along you are in your career, own your expertise. I want you to say it out loud. I want you to, I want you to find something in your mind and in your skills and abilities in which you are the expert because you are, you are the expert in something. Okay. Think about it. I want to actually, you know what? I would love this. I would love for you to tell me on Instagram stories in a DM, if you'd like to, whatever it may be, 
I want you to tell me what you think your expertise is. And it can be as simple as I'm an expert in painting flowers in my style. That's beautiful. That's amazing. Or as broad as I'm an expert in framing. I, whatever it may be, I want to know what your expertise is. And if you want to list out 10 things, beautiful, own it. I will cheer for you. If you want to tell me one thing in a whisper, that's totally fine. I will cheer for you. You are doing amazingly. Another lesser talked about aspect of being a teacher or an educator or a guide in this way is people begin to really trust you and respect what you say. Now, you don't need to be the expert. You don't need to be Seth Godin. In fact, I think that probably even deep down, Seth Godin doesn't think he's the expert. I don't, I think he probably sees places in which he needs to grow and his work needs to evolve. That's kind of the nature of humanity, right? But nonetheless, you don't need to be Seth Godin. You don't need to be the absolute expert on all things. You just need to be the expert in your thing and talk about that thing beautifully and elegantly and frequently. Remember that part frequently, bring it up frequently. If only by example, if only by showing that you know how to do this thing by actually showing it, that's totally fine. But when you do that, when you are the guide, when you are the, the expert publicly and consistently, your audience respects you so much. They trust you. They'll follow you. And when I say follow, not just like they'll follow you on Instagram, they will, they will do what you say. They will listen to you. They will react when you say to react. That's beautiful. That is, that is, I'm going to say the word powerful, but I don't mean it in an egotistical way. I mean, like in a, in an influence making way. And also that word has been deleted by influencers, but whatever you have a voice and people enjoy listening to your voice and they love listening to what you have to say. That is so valuable. That is so valuable. And when you are generous and when you are boldly sharing good things with your audience. They are going to be so appreciative. They're going to be so reactive in the best of ways. It is so worth it. 100% worth it. Okay. I hope I've, I've encouraged you to find some expertise in your practice and in your mind, because it is 100% already there. No need to, you know, take courses or go to college for this. You already have expertise. Congratulations. Done. And then I hope I've encouraged you to share it. I hope that you have been coaxed into bringing your expertise to the forefront as frequently as naturally possible. And then I hope I also have encouraged you to offer your expertise as a form of wisdom for others, whether it's by example or by teaching or by just offering advice. Because if there's one thing that I know, it's this. Your audience needs to see you as the expert. They need to see you as someone worth following. And when they see you as someone worth following, they will respect you and respond and really get value out of what you do and what you say and what you offer and what you sell. It's amazing. So go for it. Okay. This episode, once again, was brought to you by my beloved collective again go to emilyjeffordslearn.com forward slash collective to learn more about it i would love for you to join our beautiful community doors open for the collective march 20 oh my gosh not march oh my goodness what month is it doors open for the collective august 
20th and they will be open until the 31st of August. And we dive into all of the goodness in September. So it's coming up very soon. Join us. It's going to be, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. It's going to be life-changing for so many of us. So be in that group. It's going to be lovely. All right. Until next week, I hope that you are in the studio. I hope that you are creating. I hope that you are loving your process. I hope that you are showing up as often as possible. And I'm so thankful to be surrounded by so many experts. Okay, until next time, guys. Bye.